On today's general admission, we discuss the tragic passing of Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins, talk about what's on our radar for Friday's releases, and get into some Taking Back Sunday talk in honor of Tell All Your Friends Turning 20. Later, Bobby Olivier of Billboard joins us to discuss the new Machine Gun Kelly album, Mainstream Sellout, and we wrap up the show with listener voicemails. All right, let's go. Okay, we open this episode on a somber note, as I'm sure most of our listeners are aware. The rock world suffered a huge loss this past weekend with the passing of Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins. Um, The band was in Columbia when Taylor was tragically found dead in his hotel room at just 50 years old. But we're not here to talk about the details behind his death, but instead to remember a rock and roll legend who will be deeply missed. The Foo Fighters are a massive band that have been a staple in the music scene for much of our lifetime. Seeing the Foo Fighters family have to go through this has just been horrible. Um, the news was a gut punch to everyone from our own experiences with the band to the countless artists who have shared their own heartwarming stories about Taylor. Um, it's just been heartbreaking to see another icon called up to that great gig in the sky. So I've been thinking about what I want to say about this all weekend, and it's still really hard to express you know, how much this one stings. The Foo Fighters are honestly the first band I ever loved. And they're a band I always love. I've been listening to them since the day I first heard Learn to Fly in my tiny boombox in my room when I was just nine years old. But my admiration for the band only grew from there. I discovered Color and Shape and further got into their music. But uh, what's long been one of my favorite parts of the Foo Fighters has always been Taylor Hawkins. Ever since I was a kid, I've always been drawn to drums. And I always wished I was like a rock drummer. In reality, I'm way too spastic to actually be one. That's a different story for another day. But this all start, my love for drums all started when I heard Learn to Fly the same day. And the drums under each verse of that song, while they're nothing crazy, they quickly won me over and I've been obsessed with the band ever since. And I think the best way to kind of express how special Hawkins was, I saw in a tweet on Twitter on Friday night that said, Taylor was such a great drummer that he made you forget how good of a drummer Dave Grohl was. And that really stuck with me. Because it's like, while Dave Grohl is the brains behind Foo Fighters, I think all Foo Fighter fans know that Taylor was the heart. And that's why this is such a crushing loss for fans and for the band. He played drums with so much joy. He would occasionally sing and be the front man of the band when they would play covers at concerts. And he was basically a walking example of the love and happiness that this band brings to people. I'm grateful I got to see them live multiple times and got to hear what a force he was behind the drums in person. And this whole weekend, I've been texting my buddy Jake because like we're both just really devastated by this loss. And he made a really good point that while like we're really upset about Taylor, this could also be possibly the end of Foo Fighters as we know it. Uh, he sent me a, Grohl, a Dave Grohl quote that he did previously in an interview with Howard Stern, where he talked about how him and uh, Chris Novoselic of Nirvana originally tried to make music themselves after Kurt passed. And it, in the end, it was just too painful. And now like they'll never put those demos out. And they're never going to play again because it just reminds them too much of him. And this could be like a similar situation here because before there was Taylor, Grohl was kind of, I guess, strongman's the best way to put it. But like he couldn't help but step behind the drum kit for Foo Fighter albums. Like when they're making Color and Shape, they had this drummer, William Goldsmith, 
and Grohl wasn't happy with like Goldsmith's drum parts on the new album. So he went in and re-recorded all the drum parts himself. That of course pissed off Goldsmith and then he left the band. And that's when Grohl called up Taylor. Taylor joins the band and that issue just never happens again because Taylor's that great. And they were essentially just best friends. And I honestly just even think about like, I don't know how Foo Fighters can go forward without their heart. Uh, Jake made a really good point that like Taylor Hawkins has a 16 year old son who was already a beast on drums. So we're thinking maybe that's the best case of the band continuing. But I honestly, I don't know. It's kind of, I think everyone's just trying to digest this right now before we get too deep into what the future holds for Foo Fighters. But yeah. uh, Nick, how are you feeling though? Like, do you think this could be end of the road for Foo? And then what are your overall thoughts on Taylor Ooh. Hawkins as well? Uh, you know, I haven't, obviously I thought about it a little um i haven't thought much past the short term right now um uh, not to make it about me but i was supposed to see them in may um so i wasn't sure you know um as we know now they've uh they've canceled all their tour dates which is totally understandable but i never knew it like dave Grohl's attitude if he'd be like the show must go on kind of kind of guy um so part of me thought maybe they would they would keep going but in hindsight like there's there's no way they could be doing shows right now like that would be that would be ludicrous it um just doesn't make sense so like yeah short term i totally get them stopping um long term i don't know you know um everything you said makes a lot of sense but at the same time i don't see Dave Grohl is the kind of guy to step away from music. Um, what that means for the Foo Fighters could be two entirely different things as we've seen in the past. And that's what's, what's so crazy about this whole thing is like, poor Dave, man, like he's, he's already done this before. And it's just like, it's heartbreaking. Lost his two best friends. Yeah. Like I feel so bad for everyone involved. It just, it really sucks. Like we're, when you texted me, was it Friday night? Um, well, wasn't expecting that at all. So yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen to Foo Fighters. Um, I bet they don't know either right now. So um, yeah, we're just going to have to see, see how it plays out and take it slow. Um, but yeah, Haw Hawkins was a beast of a drummer. Like, I was going back and watching live videos like this whole weekend and the energy he brings to the, to the kit is just awesome. And he's, he's always like smiling and he's got the long hair and it's just thrashing around and it's, it's, it's infectious, like watching him play. And it's amazing because Dave Grohl is such like a performer in his own right to have two guys with that level of charisma in the band is just unreal. Like I was thinking about when, when we saw them at city field and Dave was in his, uh, it was the broken leg tour and he was in his drum throne the throne. Yeah. And like the fact that he was still commanding the stage that well, just sitting down was impressive enough, but then rewatching a lot of those videos, like just seeing Taylor back there, just like going nuts. Just never wearing a shirt either. Yeah. <laughs> Very rarely in a shirt. Um, I watched uh, 
his his last performance was was trending hard on YouTube, obviously. And um they were at uh Lollapalooza in uh South America? I forget. Which country it was though. Yeah, um Argentina. And um Dave's like asking the crowd if they want to see Taylor's shorts because <laughs> just to get him to like come out from behind the kit. And then he he performed somebody to love while Dave got on the drums and he crushed it. Um, both of them crushed it. The whole band crushed it, but it was just, they were just having so much fun and that's what you love to see in a band. So I love Queen too. I remember yeah. like VH1 used to have like a rock honors show. And I remember like, I think it was Foo Fighters that were honoring Queen. And I'm pretty sure he like handled most of the lead vocals at that show. Oh, like, that's that's a band. That's a band he grew up loving and to get to honor them in person while they're playing alongside you, like, doesn't get better than that and then they still play as you saw somebody to love live yeah yeah that's great how they carry the the influence and they're like a huge stadium rock band just like queen so like there's a lot of parallels i'm sure you could draw uh yeah uh man it just it sucks it sucks so bad it doesn't feel real yeah like they're not a band that you thought would we'd be questioning what they're doing like ever they've and they're they've always been such a band like when because you always hear like some people out there like oh rock and roll is dead there's no rock bands anymore which is just like ridiculous thing to say but people say it and like Foo Fighters was always like the obvious go-to like how can you say that when like the Foo Fighters are out here just doing their thing just playing like fun rock songs just like ripping chords and solos and they jam live a little bit and it's just they're just a good rock band modern day kings of rock yeah yeah uh i i really hope it's not the end of them that would be i hope not either but it might it might be the end of foo fighters but they might pick up as something else yeah, I mean, he, he always said it was a stupid name, so <laughs> this is a chance to... <laughs> In a dark way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what happens. I want to hear what he has to... I'm sure he'll speak, like, after eventually, but I'm really yeah. curious what's going through his mind. Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't... They just put out that that statement Friday night. Yeah, that's, two statements. Yeah, that's oh yeah with the cancellation. Yeah, but it's just that this one almost feels like when Chester died from Lincoln Park. It's like fans we grew up loving, and now we're starting to see. I mean, he he was gone way too soon. Like, he, yeah. there's no way you should be that should be happening when you're 50. No, even while well, Chester no. was even younger. So I yeah. mean. But it's it kind of goes just to make a broader point here at the end that's of this discussion. But I think if you have a chance to see a band and you're on the fence, just go. <laughs> Don't hesitate because you never know what could happen. Like I never got to see Lincoln Park live. I never got to see Soundgarden. Yeah. Or Chris Cornell in person. And that's why like like Pearl Jam's at the top of my list now. So I'm like, I gotta go see Eddie before God forbid something happens to him. But, yeah, you know, go see your favorite bands live because you never know, like something like this could happen and you'll never get the chance again. So, all right, BRB buying Paul McCartney tickets. <laughs> <laughs>
that's another good example. <laughs> yeah. If you want to spend $600 for nosebleeds, which you just might have talked me into. Thanks a lot, Brett. Oh, that's my fault. <laughs> Sorry, Nicole. <laughs> You're absolutely right, though. One of one of my good friends is a he's a huge Foo Fighters fan, and he's just never went and saw them live. And this was the year he was he was going to oh, do man, it. And he had the tickets too. Yeah, he's oh. uh, yeah he's going to the Philly show. I've he's crushed, and he said exactly what you just said. He's like, there's no point in talking yourself out of things like if you want to see a band you love just go do it um i was looking at this uh welcome to rockville festival that i'm going to i mentioned before that's where they were going to play right yeah they were closing out the whole festival as they've done so many times with so many festivals um so i i was trying to think of who who might replace them um on the bill because they the festival did announce that they're gonna they're gonna bring another band in. Is Green uh, Day there already? So they're on my list of possibilities. Um, I could see Chili Peppers being pulled in. Um, I was kind of hoping for Tool, but I think they're in Europe. Um, Metallica played this festival like less than six months ago because they did like a, a winter one or I guess spring, whatever. That's another band I haven't seen. Oh man, I can only imagine yeah. that live show. It's so loud. <laughs> it's just it is really loud. I saw them at uh, um, MetLife, and we just had like random like mezzanine seats in in the back, and it was still just blaring my ears off. It was great. They ring for days. Yeah, yeah, definitely some long term damage done from that show, but no regrets. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know who they're gonna who they're gonna pull in for this this festival, but should be interesting. But I was really, I was really excited to see Foo Fighters, and I'm going with my uncle. He's never seen them, so I was excited to see him see them because I love like bring someone new to see a band that I love. It's just like it's a great moment to share with people. Good experience. Yeah, because. Honestly, like I, I always listen to Foo Fighters, but when I went with you to see them, that just it took my fandom like and just bumped it up a bunch of notches because they were just infectious live. Like you, you left feel we we were sitting way high up in the in the back, and Grohl was in a chair, and it still felt like he was just playing directly to us. It was just unreal stage presence. I don't know how that's something special when a band can do that. Yeah, their live show just puts all their studio albums to shame. Yeah. That's how good they are. I was, I was going through their live albums cause there's a few on Spotify and um, while well, I love their, their studio albums, but the, the live ones just have a, a whole different level of energy, especially, especially with Hawkins on the drums. You can really hear him come through. Nice. He had the solos too. Yeah. Yeah. I think he had a few where they'd raise him up over the, over the crowd. <laughs> I saw some on YouTube. Uh, the only one I ever saw live do that, I think was Travis Barker. They just like <laughs> lift. I don't know how they lift these drum sets, but they do. And they just float them up there. And 
he was just he was going crazy. I don't I didn't even realize the band had, had left the stage till like halfway through a solo. <laughs> like, oh, it's just him up there. And then they they came back out eventually. It's like the Tommy machine with Molly Crew, where like his would like flip upside down and stuff. Got to like strap them in. Oh yeah. <laughs> These drummers are crazy. <laughs> they really are. Another breed. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so you wanna just transition a little into what we've been listening to other than the Foo Fighters, because I'm sure we've both been listening to them all weekend. Yeah, I was planning on doing like a lot of pup this week, and then like that just I've been nonstop listening to Foo Fighters ever since Friday. You mean you were gonna listen to songs from a band before the album was released? No, I was gonna refresh (laughs) myself on pup so that Uh, I have a nice little appetizer before Friday. Uh, that's the way to do it yeah so you haven't really heard any of their new singles no there's like four. <laughs> oh man because they, they, they put the single treat. out i know <laughs> they uh they put the single out and they announced the album so i'm like okay i know there's an album coming so i can wait and i've been very dedicated to waiting <laughs> so i'm gonna be paid hopefully i'm paid off in full on friday but i feel like oh, they're yeah. not really a band that disappoints so i'm no. excited for that one no, I can tell you that all the singles that are currently out, I really like. Um, they're just, they're another good energy band. And they're just young, crazy Canadian kids who can bring it. And, and they bring very, it with every album. Yeah, they do. And they're very excited for tour. They've been like going hard on social media. I think it starts in Pittsburgh um, this weekend. And then it doesn't get to us for uh, March. I'm not even sure when that show is. May May. 9th, right? Uh, Okay. Oh, March. We just got through March. That's what I meant, May. (laughs) We missed it. No. (laughs) So now we got some 41 May 7th and then Pop May 9th. So we're we're going to just have no hearing on that that Tuesday. Oh, that's going to (laughs) be. Yeah, that's going to be a damaging weekend. That's great. That's going to be fun. Uh, I've also been listening to this Kevin Devine album that I was talking about last week. Still have to listen to that one too. Uh, it's it's really good. Um, it's called Nothing's Real, So Nothing's Wrong. And um, he, it's, it gives, oh, there's like a spider on my lamp. That's right. <laughs> Spiders, I don't mind them. <laughs> eat the centipedes anyway um this album <laughs> this centipedes are the worst <laughs> oh my god i hate those things they're so freaky looking uh it's all right spider will protect me um yeah kevin devon's new album is is awesome he's just such a good so- songwriter like i get like i get modest mouse vibes i get brand new vibes rp um <laughs> another band i'd like to see come back um yeah um because i i saw him yeah whatever Brett, we'll talk about their music someday. is good i don't want to get into it <laughs> <laughs> i saw him open for them so i associate them together um but yeah it's the same kind of like like low to high um like creative lyrics and he's yeah it's just a creative album like no two songs are alike on this album um, so you, it's it's very fun to listen through too you just name like a ton of bands i like along with like songwriting style like so this sounds like it's like right up my alley yeah yeah and it's it's like 
kind of on like the slower side so it's a nice like first half of the day listen like throw it on around like 10 o'clock yeah yeah um yeah it's pretty much him and uh foo fighters were most of my weekend i've been going like from foo fighter album to foo fighter album pretty much there's a lot of there is nothing left to lose did wasting light today did in your honor because people kept bringing that up to me over the weekend and i forgot how good that one is in your honor i don't need with really... like best of you oh yeah yeah no. i know that one that might be the first food fighters album i've ever ever saw that one's so good got the first half it's like all rock and the second half's all acoustic a, it's like a double a, album a double album yeah and you like it i do so, yep. the bar is pretty high <laughs> Shows so you how good <laughs> a double album of all good songs is very impressive especially in different formats too well i guess that's what some 41 is doing too so <laughs> all right the evidence so... is there it could work so <laughs> i'm gonna see if they can bring it uh and then we got a new red hot chili peppers friday too in addition to pop oh yeah yeah they i've only heard two singles i don't know if they put more out um but they sound like good old fashioned chili peppers so i'm down with that I don't need the chili peppers to be anything they're not. So just make funky, fun songs and I'll be I'll be happy. Yeah, that one I haven't heard the singles there yet either, obviously. But uh <laughs> I feel like I kind of <laughs> fell off with the Red Hot Chili Peppers for a little bit. I think that's because like they were pretty much weren't a band or like weren't putting out new yeah. music for a long time. So yeah, I feel like I gotta in go back into of, them. Like in and out of guitarists for a little bit and yeah, I think they're a band that everyone goes through a phase where they really like them and then it kind of mellows out a little bit. That's a great um, way to describe it. That's pretty much what happened yeah. to me. So. <laughs> yeah, but I've now come back around. Um, I'm not too cool for any bands anymore. No, <laughs> like, I feel the same way. Because yeah. there was there was a period where it's like, oh, Chili Peppers. You're like, oh, you like Sublime. Like, yeah, I like these bands. Like, who cares what's wrong people like what they like they're good bands um they get a lot of play i think that kind of kind of hurts people's um opinion on the chili peppers because i know like the radio stations around here and down the shore like i feel like it's two to three chili pepper songs an hour sometimes and that can be like all right how many times do i have to hear snow this weekend but it's a great song so whatever. they do play snow a lot in the radio <laughs> snow under the bridge give um, it away yeah but the, these are all fantastic they have songs, a ton of hits so. so yeah let's see if uh see if they can do it again i feel like they're due for a little resurgence it's been long enough and now they got their probably the best guitars they've had in the band back i think that's fair yeah. to say right yeah um for shanti's like a the key guy. part yeah i mean they're all pretty they all have pretty unique sounds when you think about it um but yeah i mean what chili pepper fan doesn't want for shanti in the band i think even the guy who replaced him wanted him in the band because he was like his guitar tech for a while so when he 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 was yeah when he heard he was coming back back, (laughs) he's probably like yeah please come back that'll be awesome i'm out i have my fun thanks for having me please return (laughs) I'm curious how that one sounds because I really don't know anything about this new album. So 
you gotta i <laughs> i kind of like that you don't listen to singles because <laughs> then but you have to listen to the album like right away because you've been you've been putting it off so I, i'm gonna need your take on all these songs that you've been avoiding <laughs> i think that's the that's another knock on them like their album people say their albums are too long yeah this is kind of true so i know i'm probably in for like a two-hour listen but i'm still gonna do it they were always a, a greatest hits band for me i know like they have great albums like i know state of Arcadium. people love through and through for them Blood, for me Sugar they Sex, were they magic. were a, sh- a shuffle band to be honest um, so you could do that with them yeah because there's just so much like i i never felt too much like cohesion like song to song in their albums which i could be totally wrong on because i just like i just said i didn't really listen to their albums front to back too much but yeah they had so many hits like you could just play any chili pepper. and they're all so different like they're also over the, all over the place that you never know what you're gonna get with them i hope they stick with that that strategy on this album because it's fun part of what makes them them yeah I'd love to see them. <laughs> they're, they're speaking of bands you've never seen. They're, Did your uh, uncle hear your plea from our last podcast? <laughs> it's my friend's uncle. Oh, your friend's so, uncle. Sorry. Yeah. If it was my uncle, forget it. I, I'd already be in the box. You'd be going. Yeah. yeah. No, it's my friend's uncle. But a box fits a lot of people. Like, it does. <laughs> it's they're not tiny. <laughs> it's got to be room for me. We'll see um yeah did you see uh tell all your friends turned uh 20 this year you'd see that and crazy all these anniversaries keep making me feel older and older and i still remember like when i first heard that and that's like that was 20 years ago like holy shit (laughs) i i saw them on the 10-year anniversary tour (laughs) like right after sandy right yeah dude that that uh tour sandy happened so like they had to cancel some and then to make up for it they played the show in tom's river high school gymnasium which was nuts and i was just looking it up today because i i wanted to look up videos from it i remember bayside opened but the mezzingers also opened and i didn't even know who they were i don't even really remember seeing them i don't know if i wasn't (laughs) if i wasn't there or i the it says they opened the the like uh, article I was reading, but I do not remember the Mezingers there. So either I was late or something happened and they weren't there. But either way, I'm kicking myself because I didn't start listening to the Mezingers until a few years ago. And if that's yeah, that's right off when they put on the Impossible Pass down too, because that turned uh, ten in February. Uh, I wish I knew then what I know now. <laughs> Maybe they'll tour again together in the fall. Get 20 year for tell your friends and 10 year for on the impossible path. Take my money. Right. Yeah. Uh, That would be, that would be crazy. It's possible. They're friends. Yeah. You got to do it. They're same like general area. Cause Mezingers are, are they Philly or just South Jersey? Scranton, the home of the office. Scranton. Very cool. (laughs) Yeah, it's all it's all uh, same neighborhood. It's all Dunder Mifflin <laughs> and the Menzingers. <laughs> they should just do office covers. A whole they really should <laughs> just just only play the office theme song for a whole show. <laughs> that would get 
now we got old really fast <laughs> your fans with that fans may turn them at that point they just do the piano part but then they never go into the actual song <laughs> over and over <laughs> oh sign me up <laughs> they could get um kevin's uh police cover band to open for them <laughs> um what's his face um brian Baumgartner plays kevin on the office was oh like that's a, right the police cover band <laughs> i forgot about that <laughs> yeah i was i was listening to a, a podcast about the office and they were saying they picked the police because the police um their drummer sings and their songs are all in like really weird time signatures so they're like the hardest band out there to drum and sing along to so they just had kevin be like this like savant who can sing and, and drum <laughs> to the police <laughs> so that's what that's what we'll get kevin's police cover band mezinger's tour book it there we go yeah i do like the police though too yeah yeah uh ah uh, good rhythm section <laughs> they're another one radio kind of because they're like what message in a bottle or whatever it is yeah <laughs> every breath yeah. you take yeah no they're good that that bottle song though drives me kind of nuts <laughs> It is played a lot on the radio. It's so much. And I know I'm supposed to like it, but I just don't really like it. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry, please. <laughs> don't arrest so me. You're not getting their message in a bottle then? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. And I'll go to the bathroom when they play it during the Messenger store that we just created. <laughs> um, should we throw it to Bobby to talk some new MGK, which feels like a lifetime ago after this weekend? But it really that does also, feel like three weeks ago. <laughs> that also came out this week. And we have many thoughts. Many thoughts. Um, Bobby had some really great thoughts too. So we're pretty glad to have him on. Yeah. Yeah. It was a it was a cool interview. Um, so yeah, let's let's switch it to that and then we'll um we'll jump back in after. Okay. We now welcome on to discuss the machine, new Machine Gun Kelly album, Mainstream Sellout, Bobby Olivier. He is a music writer and food arts editor for NJ.com and the Star Ledger, as well as contributing writer to Billboard and Spin. Bobby, the simulation just went bad, but you're the best we ever had. Are you ready to talk some MGK? Yeah, uh, I'm ready to fall in love with an emo girl and... Uh leave the scene because i ruined it and all the other <laughs> shit that he says um yeah that well thanks for having me guys cool, cool to be here uh on a friday drinking some beer talking some pop punk hell yeah yeah very uh, happy to have you finally yeah yeah so i noticed a lot of this album he was um kind of calling himself a sellout and mainstream and just because you call yourself that facetiously doesn't make it not true <laughs> um i don't know uh, what did you guys think i'll let i'll send it over your way uh yeah i can go first uh yeah i mean i think that a lot of the sort of novelty of the first album was the fact that he was sort of this outsider from hip-hop world coming in and trying to do pop punk stuff and it was like oh lo look at this you know rapper from Cleveland who was already like an outsider in his own genre trying to do pop punk and play a pink guitar 
um, that's cool. And these songs are fun and Travis Barker's fun and whatever, that's fine. And now, you know, flash forward two years and he is significantly more famous, uh, you know, engaged to Megan Fox. He's created a million memes around the two of them uh, and is playing crowds, you know, three, four times the size that he was before, just announced a big summer arena amphitheater tour. So, um, yeah, I think that mainstream sellout is, hits a little bit uh, harder now. And, and the the, uh, the title track being mainstream sellout um, and he, uh, the chorus say, saying something like, like him mocking the people saying, get out of our scene, you ruined it, where, where it's like, people are like, no, no, seriously, dude, like, please. Yeah. He's, he's trying to, to eight miles is, is what he's yeah. doing. <laughs> yeah. Good way to put it. <laughs> um, Brett, how, how did you feel on the uh, first listen? So I just want to say at the top, I think Travis Barker did another good job here. So no complaints about him. Like the drums on the opening track are just awesome. And it just reminds you of like a Blink song. But overall, it was kind of, it was like kind of like what you treated up before, Bobby. It was like kind of more of the same. Only now it's maybe like a little more stale because it's like not as fresh or I remember like when Tickets to My Downfall first came out, it was like such like a breath of fresh air and it was like kind of stirred up that that uh, t- intoxicating drug, which is nostalgia. Yeah. And this one was kind of just more of that, but maybe not as good. But it was you made a great point with the features too. Like those are kind of the best parts of the record and it's a Machine Gun Kelly record, but like Willow and like Bring Me the Horizon like kind of stole the show away from them. Yeah, I, I would uh, I would agree, and I think that yeah, and listening to the because I listened to that emo girl song when it first came out, and I listened to like once, and I was like, okay, probably avoiding this now, and uh, even though it it is kind of catchy, but listening back, the the Willow verse actually is pretty good, um, and that the new song uh, Makeup Sex with Black Bear is pretty good, and then Ollie Sykes, I think, but it's funny you can read. Once you get uh, Machine Gun Kelly right next to Ollie Sykes of Bring Me the Horizon on the same song, and Ollie Sykes is like a very has a great range, singing, screaming, like getting and Machine Gun Kelly has like very little vocal range, <laughs> like everything sort of sits in the same time. Kind, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so to get them to get them next to each other, you kind of really see Machine Gun Kelly's shortcomings, I think, on that song. Yeah, I, I think my favorite parts of this album were everything except Machine Gun Kelly, which. Yeah. I know it's like almost a cliche for like our like people our age and in the scene to like hate on him, but like it just really wasn't doing it for me. And I thought Tickets to My Downfall was a was a good album. It was it was fun. It was enjoyable. But this one's just lacking like emotion. I I don't know like exactly what it is, but I'm just not like I wasn't really feeling it from him on all the songs more or less. Yeah, I mean for sure. I think that uh, I brought Brian Brian Raleigh, who who I think it, who is my my Twitter pal, who I don't actually know, but he he writes for uh, I think Ultimate Classic Rock or Ultimate Guitarist, Ultimate something, and he uh, he's always makes a lot of good points, and and he he called Machine Gun Kelly emotionally the one of the most one of the most uh, artistically bankrupt artists in the game right now, um, which I think is sort of true. I, I mean. I, and again, I'm not, I like uh, MGK for the most part. I think, I think what like his style is pretty cool. And again, I, I like that last album too, but it, I, I, and I don't, I wouldn't say that he's out of ideas. I just think he's out of like original ideas. And I, I think that he's really sort of just let Travis Barker sort of do the, the heavy lifting on this. And Brett, I agree that the drums, I think sound great. I think the production's great. 
Um, I think there's some songs that'll play well when it comes to Camden, New Jersey, um, which I'm sure he'll call Philadelphia uh, later later this year. But uh, yeah, I just think that, uh, I think he's just sort of t taken, taken this sort of pop punk thing as far as he can go. And I think the next album, which if he, if he goes back to hip hop, then it'll be anticipated as always oh, return to hip hop. And um, we'll see what happens from there. But I mean, I covered it. I cut, I'm ra rambling. I know, but the, uh, I covered his show at a uh, central park in the summer and the hip hop stuff still really hits hard. I mean, he's a good live rapper. I don't care what anybody says. Um, so yeah, I'm actually, I'm, I'm looking forward to him leaving pop punk now. <laughs> Yeah, I I thought on this album like he he did a little bit of everything, but he didn't um like excel at any one thing. Like the rapping, I kind of liked and would have liked more, or I would have liked him to go in harder on the pop punk side, and it all just kind of stayed like at a safe like middle ground for for most of the album. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think with like some of the features too, like if he did want this album like lean more into the pop punk I would have kind of liked to see some more pop punk artists on it with him I feel like that was kind of a missed opportunity especially with the whole Travis Barker connection like Bring the Horizon isn't really pop punk but like on the last album like the Forget Me Forget Me Too with Halsey like that song was unbelievable and like that left people wanting like a Halsey, like a Halsey pop punk album but like this album I feel like really didn't have that other than like Willow who's like kind of the closest thing to pop punk but yeah. I know people like to make arguments about her as well but that's another thing I felt that was lacking. I was hoping to see Youngblood on this album because I really like what he's doing. And they're like friends or they've done collaborations together. And even a, a song on this album is like the same name as a Youngblood song. And I don't know, I guess he just didn't, didn't make the cut. Yeah. And I mean, for all of Travis Barker's connections, I mean, they couldn't get one pop punk dude. Like they, they couldn't get someone from like Goldfinger or... Uh, of anybody else that he's worked with i mean he's worked with pretty much everybody um or, or even or even uh like the Jaden, who who was travis travis's first uh signing to his record label uh last year who toured with mgk last year and has like a great voice like that and is doing the travis barker sort of pop punk blueprint stuff um that like that would have been a smart a smart collaboration and and mgk was on Jaden's album so it would have been sort of returning the favor um but yeah, I mean, and like, I don't hate this this new album. Like, you know, I, I was listening to it a little bit before just uh, in preparation to talk to you guys. And, you know, like, is it aggressively bad? No, is it? But I just think it's, you know, a sort of inferior sequel to the 2020 effort. And, and also in 2020, I think we were all like so deprived of anything fun with, with COVID happening that I think that that album hit a little bit harder. <laughs> Yeah, definitely had had a little bump from that. I I noticed like some of my favorite parts of this album were when I would feel like I was listening to a Blink song, which happened on like WW4 and uh, what else? Uh, 5150. Uh, Sid and Nancy had like kind of a cool guitar riff and stuff, but it just never like Travis and the Blink feels would grab me and then it would just kind of veer off back to MGK. Yeah, I mean, it's tough when he, you know, as, as a rapper, like, you know, there's the rhythm and flow and there's so much more that that you can like sort of not hide behind. But I think that he has more of a an aptitude for. And then with this, I mean, he's not a, he's not a great singer. I mean, the 
like I like the general tone of his voice, but I mean, he doesn't have much range at all. And he's not a brilliant lyricist when it comes to writing like pop punk songs, like where, where the where there's a lot fewer words to fit in. Um, and yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't want to, you know, hate on him too much. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, th this is an album that I, people will forget about quickly, I think. Yeah. Um, so to veer from the hate, uh, what were some of our favorite parts of the album? Brett, what'd you like about it? So I think I said at the top, but Born With Horns, I think I hit like repeat on that a couple of times. Like I was like, oh, wow, this album might be like just as good as Tickets to My Downfall. But then it just kind of went away after that. Uh, but I like that. I like maybe I like I like the emo girl when it came out. But like, uh, again, Willow was the best part of that. Um, I did think the Black Bear song was like very similar to my ex's best friend from Tickets to My Downfall. Like it felt like a sequel to that song and it wasn't really anything that was like too different, but it was still good. But it was like, a, again, it was like a sequel. And I did think the Pete Davidson uh, cameo was pretty funny. So <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that that was him. That was the the sketch. Wall of Fame. Like right yeah. there. Uh, I didn't know that. That's kind of cool. Yeah. P Pete Davidson makes him, makes his way into yet another pop, <laughs> pop culture moment. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I sort of feel the same as Brett. Uh, Born With Horns is fine. Uh, maybe it is good, uh, mostly because of the Ollie Sykes stuff. Um, Makeup Sexy, I completely agree that it, that it sounds like a sequel to um, the song from the first album. And I think Dying California is pretty good because it feels a little more sort of authentic because it has sort of the hip hop grounding to it and has Gunna and Young, Young Thug on it, which I, both of whom I think are pretty good on it. And what about you, Nick? Um, yeah, I, I liked uh, like the Blink vibes I got from it. Um, like uh, 5150 was cool. Um, WW4 was cool. Uh, Sid and Nancy might have been my favorite. Just had like a nice little guitar riff going on. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, at first, I liked the self-awareness of him naming it Sellout because like he clearly gets a ton of opinions from people. But then the more I listen to the album, the more I kind of changed my mind on that because uh, I don't know. I just kind of felt frustrated listening to this album, but I'm trying to say something nice right now. So I'll leave yeah. it at that. <laughs> he yeah. kind of kicked off this whole like new, like with people trying out pop punk more, right? Because this, didn't this come out before like Olivia Rodrigo? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was out like almost a whole year before Olivia Rodrigo's album. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, he's going to go down as like one of the flag bearers of this like sort of weird pop punk resurgence, which is, I mean, ma the majority of it is orchestrated by by Travis. And, you know, part and parcel of that is, uh, you know, everything sort of sounding like Blink-182. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, his legacy is sort of or at least this sort of chapter of his legacy, I think is stamped. Um, and I think it's time, I think it's time to move on. Time to move on. Yeah. I, I appreciate what he's done. Um, like for better, for worse, there's, there's pop punk on the radio again, there's guitars, there's these upbeat songs, which I'm glad, like if there's a whole generation of kids that love this and go see him and rock out and sing along, like that's a good thing. I don't have to like it. So I, he's definitely doing good for like the scene in this new resurgence, like you said. 
Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, when I was at that Central Park show in New York last year, um, like it was, it was really weird to see like sort of like the pot, like the popular high school kids, like the conventionally, conventionally attractive, like kids that would get the cool lunch table, like all at like a pop (laughs) punk show, um, which I had probably never seen in my adult life. Um, So yeah, that, that was cool. Um, And, and I, I felt bad for him at that show because it, uh, like they, they had all sorts of sound problems. Like they couldn't get the sound right. He was like over at the soundboard trying to fix it himself. And then they had to cut the show short because of a bad thunderstorm. And he was like, he didn't even get to do my uh, my ex's best friend because like he had to try to do like acapella, like singing it with no microphone because they literally, uh, they, they cut the sound on him. I, I appreciate that. He, he tried to do it anyway. Was that uh, yeah. the only time you've seen him or have you seen him other times? That, I think that was the only time um, I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever covered him when he was doing hip hop stuff. I know I'm pretty sure he's played like Starland Ballroom and stuff before. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll be there. Uh, I'll, I'll most likely be there for him in Camden. In yeah, June. I'm curious how his live show is. I mean, I'm sure he's an entertainer. Like, he, I don't know if you get this far without having some sort of stage presence. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely like a, a magnetic or magnetic enough performer, um, and. Yeah, I mean, he has like a, a good core fan base. I mean, he'll he'll be fine. And some of these songs will play will play good, um, in on the big stage. And yeah, I'm curious to see him playing at Camden. I mean, that they hold that holds twenty five thousand people, um, that venue. Uh, and I mean, it seemed like a, about as much of a crowd as he could handle when it was in Central Park with like whatever three or four thousand people. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, and he's on the ton of festivals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice Brett. <laughs> yeah he's on so many festivals this year too so he's it's time to put his money where his mouth is and put on the yeah. shows yeah. I, I think it'll be okay i'm sure there'll be singles from this that'll get plenty of play mm-hmm. but bobby what do you think of the whole like travis barker like him and his whole what i call his familia yeah <laughs> the, the, the uh the, the travis barker cinematic universe Yep. The TCU. Uh, yeah. <laughs> For the yeah. TBCU. Yeah, TBCU. Um, sounds like a yogurt shop. I think uh <laughs> I mean a lot of it's been pretty good. I mean, the uh the album he just did with Avril Levine, I think for the most part was good. Um that that was something that I had like really no expectations for going in. And like there's probably a half dozen songs on there that I've listened to as much as I've listened to anything this year so far. Um it's um like See, that's the difference between like having Travis Barker with someone who like Avril Lavigne, who has great voice, like a lot of personality to her voice, is a creative, interesting songwriter and has like the the chops and the lyricism to back it up versus Machine Gun Kelly trying to do trying to write pop punk songs. Um, yeah, I think that album's pretty good. I mean, I think the work that he did with that with that kid Jaden, who was a, like a TikTok star, who was like, "I'm just going to do pop punk music," and it was and it's actually pretty good. Um, there's yeah, there's a bunch of songs on that that are fun. Uh, the stuff he did with Kenny Hoopla's fun. Yeah, that's that's my, my favorite. Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Kenny Hoopla is actually playing in I think in Asbury Park um, pretty soon. Um, what else is he? I mean, the stuff with Youngblood is good uh stuff with willows fine yeah i mean it all sort of hits the same notes right i mean it's all it's all like 
coming from sort of the same place, the same sort of iconography, um, just with a slightly different uh, flares based on the artist. Um, but I mean, I think but beyond the drumming, like which, which is always like top notch, um, I think that he does a pretty good job of letting the artists kind of be who they want to be and not overshadow them too much. Um, though I think that he, he also ends up with a lot of young artists who sort of don't know who they want to be or they just think that, you know, if Travis Barker says it's good, then let's do the Blink-182 stuff. Yeah, who was, um, I think, JXDN has a song that's it's just it's just feeling this <laughs> oh that's Jaden okay yeah that's they literally like remade feeling this and it's a great song and yeah. the lyrics like it cracks me up because they must have known what they were doing like it it's note for note on the on the chorus but it's yeah, a good song yeah. I mean it's a it's I mean it yeah it's like it literally is like an interpolation of that song um and yeah, and they definitely knew what they were doing, and we are here a year later talking about it. So, uh, good, good for them. I just got the JXDN is just yeah. like a different spelling. Of yeah, cool. Yeah, you clearly can't you, you can't read you, you can't read Gen Z. Ah, uh, damn it! I'm old. It's happened. Yeah, yep. <laughs> hit that mark finally. Ah, uh, that's all right. I can I can be old. I can do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I. It's interesting this whole this whole thing with MGK and the whole resurgence. Um, um, I'm loving following it through the ups and downs. And Travis is uh, Travis is Travis. I don't know, I don't know what to make of it all, but he's clearly having fun, and I think that's important. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's he's definitely having fun, and I'm sure he's making a ton of money. <laughs> that's uh, for not, sure. Not, not that that's fun. Not that he, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not that he needs any money ever again between the, I'm sure whatever the residuals he gets for the Blink stuff, plus be uh, dating uh, Kourtney Kardashian, who I think ju just signed like a hundred million dollar deal to do her new reality show. So he's living very well. Yeah. I think he's doing fine. And also, you know what I, I hadn't realized that like, because he always wears like the, the beanie now, like his, the whole top of his head, like his whole head is tattooed. Like he, like he has gotten many more tattoos since like the last time I saw him without a hat on. Um, so, so yeah, he, he's got, I, I can't imagine how much money he's spent on tattoos on his body. It's probably a hundred thousand dollars just on tattoos. Someone needs to do a breakdown, like an article or a, a, an interview and just yeah. uh, go through some of them. Cause yeah, I'm sure people Not would me. love that. <laughs> be a long interview. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, that, that's an interview for like uh was it inked magazine or whatever whatever like when on that show ink master when you win yeah. uh you get you get a feature in inked magazine that's like the big prize um so yeah they, they should uh I'm, sh I'm sure that they've interviewed him before but the, I'm, i think they have to talk to him about his head tattoos yeah i'm gonna do like a whole good. season of ink master on him alone yeah <laughs> i'd watch i'd watch some of it and then probably forget but i'd probably watch the beginning yeah. So, uh, Bobby, you think uh, Tom's coming back to Blink while we're on the topic of Travis you know, and friends? I don't know. I don't know. I I think that it's inevitable that they will eventually play a show or a string of shows together again. Like, do I ever think that they're going to reform? I mean, probably not. I mean, I mean, Mark Hoppus is almost, I think he's, if he's not 50, he's almost 50. Um, and, like, I've seen it's funny. I've seen Blink way more times now with Matt Skiba than Tom DeLonge. Tom DeLonge. <laughs> um, and uh, 
Matt Skiba has been, I mean, it's fine. Like it's a, it's, it's still a blink show. I mean, it's never, it's never going to be totally the same, but it, uh, I mean, it's still worth going to see. Um, I don't know, man. What, what's the next anniversary? Well, well, hopefully they get into the rock, rock and roll hall of fame in, uh, you know, in the next couple of years, cause now they're, they're officially eligible. And for, for that, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll probably have to play to play with each other. And maybe that, and maybe that'll spur them to uh, do like a 25th anniversary tour or something like that. Uh, a new, new album, you know, thing. Uh, I would be, I would be surprised. I mean, I mean, uh, Tom just put out the new Angels and Airwaves. I think la- last year or the beginning yeah. of this year or the end of last year. Last year, it was um, a good album and, too. I really liked it. it yeah, it, it is a yeah, it is a good album, and uh, he's done a lot of interesting stuff with that band. Um, and I think that he's happy doing that and trying to find aliens and I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I think it seems like they're on good terms, all the guys, but I don't and I think but I think Blink and, and it's such a big operation, like like Blink, I mean they're they're playing to whenever they play, they're playing to at least fifteen thousand people. They're if they're at a festival, they're headlining the festival. Like there's there's a lot that there's sort of a lot of like high stakes for changing the lineup again and and i think they're sort of locked in with matt for now but i don't know what do i know that they, they could announce tomorrow that tom's coming back <laughs> but i would i would i would be surprised if he came back in a um in like a any sort of permanent way at this point what about for bamboozle next year for bamboozle dude if if they if bamboozle 2023 on the asbury park beach reunites blink 182 um that would be that would be insane yeah new jersey will just fall off the united states and just float off into the sea (laughs) yeah for sure talk talk about a ticket that will sell out immediately um yeah i am curious who they're gonna get um to play that thing next year considering they announced it so early um yeah then when we were young set the bar yeah yeah i mean well test tube yeah for sure (laughs) um but I mean, Bamboozle used to get all sorts, like they would get like hip hop artists too. And like some pop artists, like, like it's sort of like a no holds barred kind of festival. So Bon Jovi, I don't know. What's that? I think they had Bon Jovi last time they had it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. So I don't, I don't know, man. They, they uh, pretty much nothing would surprise me. Yeah. Expectations are high. I, I hope they deliver because there's years of nostalgia and awesome festivals behind it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Gaslight Anthem's available now. Let's go. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that there, there's a good chance that they'll play it. Um, probably not. I don't think that for the amount of expectation and now with like See Here Now, like really raising the bar for like festivals on the beach there. Like, I don't think Gaslight's big enough to do it. I don't know. I don't think that the, I don't think that they could headline it. I think it's too many people. Like, uh, I, I don't think that they're that they're at the point where they're playing to, or they've ever been to the point where they're playing to thirty thousand people, where everyone is showing up to see them. There's just not enough. No, there's not enough like shore dads with news newsboy caps out there. <laughs> yeah, especially coming off the the breakup too. They don't have like the momentum behind them either. Yeah, yeah. The, the new out al- the new album would have to be like insanely good and get like some sort of transcendent level of press that they've never gotten before, which is basically impossible for them at this point. Um, so 
yeah i mean i'm excited that they're back together um yeah it uh that was something that i i didn't think was gonna happen anytime soon just because brian was really going along with the solo stuff pretty well and i mean he just played two sold out night, nights at count basie and red bank i mean which is nothing to sneeze at um and yeah i mean i think that he was doing fine he was doing fine without them but i'm i'm excited to see what they come back with i'm really curious to see what it sounds like too because get hurt was such a good dark album yeah yeah we'll see maybe they'll do pop punk <laughs> get travis barker to produce yeah <laughs> that would be something let's have a feature on every track <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Gaslight Anthem featuring Twenty Four Golden and Ian Dior. <laughs> uh, well, this has been awesome, um, Bobby. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about this stuff. Um, yeah, we we wish you the best with all your shows coming up that you're covering, and yep. uh, we'd love to have you back on. So, uh, yeah, anytime. Cool. All right, guys. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, enjoy whatever MGK does next, and uh, I will see you on the beach. Sounds good. I'll see good you man, for sure. All right. Bye. All right. Later. Okay, we're back. Or did we ever leave? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks to Bobby again for coming on, talking MGK. That was fun. Um, Brett, I have something I have to talk to you about, and it's very serious. I, I am you thinking before. I am thinking about going to see the Mezingers this weekend by myself. Am I crazy? Do I need more friends? Do I need more friends who are willing to come with me to the Mezingers? Cough, Brett. Um, <laughs> or should I just go alone? Because I really want to see them, and I have nothing to do. So why shouldn't I? So. I don't think there's anything wrong with going to concerts alone. Like, I've, like if you asked me this question like 10 years ago, I might've said you're crazy. But like in the, in my time since then, like I've warmed up to the idea of like going to the movies by yourself is okay. You can go to concerts by yourself, but it's like, you really only need like someone there to talk to for until the set starts. And like, realistically, when you think about it, you're not really talking when the show is going on. You're just standing there enjoying the show. So I don't think there's anything yeah. wrong with going by yourself. That's a good and point. I would... I would like to go to the Menzingers, but I'm still holding out hope for that 10 year <laughs> tour in the fall. So I've decided to wait for that one, even though that might yeah, make me a bad Menzingers yeah. fan. I did just see them no. in December, though. Yeah, so. I know. <laughs> you saw them at, at Crossroads. Crossroads. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'll get you to one of those shows in December. Yeah. I need to just go to that venue. I, I mean, I'd like to see a band I like there, but I really want to just go to that venue. Yeah. I only saw Menzingers at Warp Tour and, um, it was like a short set, you know, how, how those festival sets kind of go. And yeah, I just really want to see them. Um, Nicole's going to be away this weekend. I really have nothing going on. Drive down the Starland Friday night or Saturday rather. Um, I'm thinking about it because I don't know. Um, how late's the show? Like I'd probably be home by it's like, like 11, 11, right? Yeah, that's fine. Just cruise down the parkway. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm really considering it. I want to see how my day goes because it's not sold out or anything, so I can game time decision it. I'm surprised but, that one didn't sell out. Yeah. You would think New Jersey they would, but I guess this is like the biggest venue they've played as a headliner. Yeah, if they're 
usually playing crossroads this is definitely yeah like bigger the pony i think i think going to shows alone isn't bad um but i kind of feel like it depends on the venue like if you're going to pnc alone that might be a little weird yeah because <laughs> you're just half of that's about the tailgate yeah exactly you're tailgating you're hanging in the lawn or wh- wherever like it's an event almost um but like a club venue like just drive down the road see your favorite one of your favorite bands for a couple hours and then go home like it doesn't have to be like a whole thing like you said up at the bar yeah exactly find a good spot you don't have to worry about who you're with what where they want to go or what they're thinking you yeah um i can i can go up close and then i could change my mind and go far back you're in full control (laughs) i'm in full control i can just leave early if i want (laughs) i wouldn't do that uh yeah that's something i haven't done personally yet but not something i'm opposed to yeah i i did it like maybe once or twice when i was covering music um for for the waster and stuff like occasionally you get sent to a show and i would do that but um i feel like that's a little different because you're kind of working it's not not always a like i talked about that foxing show last episode i think it was i went to that alone but that was like an assignment so it's it's a little different this would just be me just choosing to go alone but yeah I, i might do it i'm gonna i'm gonna game time it but there's nothing I, like a Mendinger's headlining show with the diehards there. It's a whole different experience. Yeah. And they, they have this new album out that I, I've listened to a couple times, but not enough to, to really know it past like um, the single uh, is it America. You're freaking me out. Yeah. Hello yeah. exile the album. Yeah. It's a good album, but I don't like the impossible past and after the party, like those are two albums they're on another are, level. They're ingrained in my, in my brain. Like I could, play through those whole albums just in my head alone so i'd be going for those and then whatever else they play there is that other middle album that i just neglect for some reason with i don't want to be an asshole rented world yep yeah yeah i would probably like that one just as much as it's the other. very very good <laughs> my problem is i like the others so much that i just never i just want to listen to them but if i knew i was going to the show i could have done some prep work but <laughs> I still don't even know if I'm going. It's not too so. late. <laughs> yeah. Got a I couple can, days still. I could learn a whole album in two right? days. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they pretty much only play like three songs off Rented World. It's like, I don't want to be an asshole anymore. Uh, in Remission. And Rodent, I want to say. Let me write these down. All right. So I don't want to spoil the set list, but I would like to know what they play from that album. Then I can oh, cheat a little boy, bit. Your Heart. What's it called? Where, uh. Your heartache exists, I want to say. I don't know. All right. All right. I'll look Any up, of those I'll four. Look up those. We have it. We have it on tape. So I can I can write these down and then there you go. I'll get those. I'll get those locked down. Um you want to do a voicemail? Let's we do a voicemail. voicemail. All right. We had our friend Jake call in. The aforementioned and, Jake. Yes. All right. Let's hear it. Hey, Nick and Brett, it's Jake here. Huge fan of the new podcast. 
My question for you guys today is what are your top five favorite Taylor Hawkins drum tracks? It could be anywhere from the Foo Fighters, Alanis Morissette, or any of the side projects such as Taylor Hawkins and the Coattail Riders or NHC. Really look forward to hearing your answers. Thank you, Jake. Very great cool. Great question. <laughs> yeah, that is a great question. And it it got me it got me on the live album kick that we were talking about earlier. You want to go first, Brett? You should go first. You want me to go first? Yeah, go first. All right. Let's see. So are we starting with our number five and then drafting from there? Okay. Yeah. Okay. My number five is rope. Oh. Off wasting light. There's just something like I know it's like drummer's favorite Taylor Hawkins song, I feel like, because he tries to like mirror rush, like the rush drum style there. And yeah. like there's so many different parts in that song where it's like it's a steady beat, and then like towards the end of the song where it just kind of has like that Foo Fighters build, and he really gets to show off his skills. So it could be a number one, but I'm it's my number five. So all right, I'll throw it to you for your number five. All right. I like it. That is, it's a very rushy one for sure. Um, I'm gonna go breakout off nothing to lose. It's just uh, can't go going, wrong there. It goes hard, um, and that's all you need. <laughs> that's all. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's all you need. He it goes hard. It Boom. sums it up the best. I think <laughs> that is the official analysis on breakout. <laughs> Um, all right, what what do you, what else you got? All right, number four, I got <laughs> Best of You. Ooh, like, probably their biggest hit, arguably. And he just as he goes hard on it, and <laughs> <laughs> but it he, it's hard. like steady throughout, and then in the end, it's like there's something about like his builds, like it's like a very I know I just said it on the last one, but it is like a steady beat throughout most of the songs, and like he just unloads in the end. And it's just unreal. And I was like noticing today when I was trying to pick out like five different songs and like they're a lot of them are modeled that way. But this, they're just something about Best of You, which is just one of their best songs. Live, it's on their level. And that his drumming, of course, goes to the level on that song live as well. But again, number four, but still number a great four. choice, I think, by, by me. Yes, <laughs> great choice. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I'm gonna stick with my my going hard theme. Um, I'm gonna go to color and shape, and I'm gonna go with Monkey Wrench. And I know he didn't write these drum parts on this album because we were talking about it earlier. But when they're live, it's a whole different animal. And that's a song that just it's just nonstop through that whole song. Um, it's got the crazy breakdown, and um, yeah, I just like loud smashing drums and that's that's a great one for it so do they have like an interlude when they play it live like he'll those like start like jamming for a little bit oh before like going into like the breakdown yes yeah i i remember they they played that early for us we had a crazy set list i was looking it up earlier um uh, i don't want i don't want to um spoil other picks but we'll we'll get to it um okay i'll i'll let you take the next one all right, number three, I got The Pretender. Ooh. So this one's kind of the opposite of what I've said so far. So this one, it's all about that drum in the beginning, where it's all, you just have Dave singing and the guitar, and then you have the dun-dun-dun-dun, and the song kicks in. I've just always been a sucker for that, and like 
whenever you see them live, like you see everyone put their hands up and start air drumming along with them to that. It's just probably one of my favorite parts of seeing them live and also one of my favorite songs for them. And another great Taylor performance too. Yes, definitely. Um, ooh, see, now we're getting close. So now I want to take things that I think you're going to take. I, I think my top two are safe. <laughs> ooh, okay. Well, then I'm just going to swoop on in and take Everlong. <laughs> Which could, argue, one of them, so. could arguably be <laughs> one of the best, um, but just the the fast the fast drumming in that and the cymbal, yeah, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's a staple Foo Fighters song, and the drums in it are absolutely insane, and I love that whole album. Um, yeah, it's a great opener, it's a great closer. Um, they could do anything they want, however long, and it sets the tone fantastically. That one live too, like he plays like half of it acoustic and then like yeah. Taylor kicks in and the rest of the band joins in. Yeah. He, and it's he, just, it's I like can't even like tease. put into word. It's just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When, when we, when we saw them, they went Everlong, Monkey Wrench, Learn the Fly. One, two, three. Well, they opened with Everlong, right? Yeah. And then went into something from nothing, The Pretender. Like it was wild set list. I it was the Sonic Highways tour. Yeah. Wow, they played 25 songs at that show. That's insane. Yeah, they played for almost three hours. That's sick. That's why they're the best. Uh, yeah. Um, where are we at now? Top All right, number two? two. So I might not have picked this had it not been recommended I listened to In Your Honor this weekend, but I'm going with In Your Honor as my number Ooh. two because I think it might be their best album opener. And it's just like you have the guitars and then you have these just crazy drums at the end where he's just letting it loose, holding nothing back. And it's the first track on the album. So you're like, wow, what's going to follow this? And like you have this run of like six songs of like no skips and in your honor. So in your honor, my number two. Very nice. Uh, I'm running out of picks. Um. I had I wanted to take this one for number one, but I might have to just go to it right now. Um, stacked actors, specifically live. Yeah, that one has a whole new life live because like oh the studio version is okay, but live is just yeah. Like so, three minutes in, there's like this this breakdown, and it's just this build up for like a minute. Then it gets really crazy. Then Dave starts soloing, and then he starts like almost matching the guitar solo with drum fills, and it. It's it's just like it's nonstop for a good like four or five minutes of just everyone passing it back and forth and the drums never let up like the stamina on that. I don't know how these drummers do it, but yeah. Yeah. And that's so that, track one of Taylor's first studio album with Foo. Oh, wow. I was not aware of that. That makes it even even better. I like that's it. That's a great pick. Thank you. Uh, we're up to number one now, right? Number one. So this one, I think it's my Bruce Almighty reply all answer when it comes to Foo Fighters. But number one is Aurora. Ooh. Off There Is Nothing Left to Lose. It's my favorite Foo Fighters song. Has been for a long time. There's just something special about that song. It's just like if you when you listen to it with your headphones on, like it just takes you to another place. And the last minute of that with the drums 
and like the sound effects there's just nothing like it it's far and away my favorite Foo Fighter song I will gladly argue it's their best song and it has to be number one because again that was Taylor's first album with the band it really set the tone for what was to come for all those years after and to this day it I think it still holds up as their top track that's a great pick that's a great pick um I might just I might just tap out <laughs> because I had rope and I had Aurora. Um, I had generator on here, but I haven't listened to it enough to even give it a fair assessment. Um, I'd, I'd be cheating if I if I threw it in there. Um, I'm going to stick. I'm just going to take stacked actors and it's going to be my number one. And there you two. go. <laughs> um, White limo, maybe. Ooh, thank you. <laughs> we'll make that your number five yeah and then everything can just shift yeah. up then. <laughs> yeah um he's a beast he is a beast he's just a beast he's gonna be he's gonna be very missed there's no replacing that so very interesting to see what happens and they're supposed to be at the grammys this sun they're, they're supposed to play the grammys but i don't think they're gonna play anymore but i'm curious to see if there's something to tribute or if the band shows up. Ooh. Yeah, I I would think they would do something. Um, especially if they were supposed to play. Ah, that sucks. It just yeah. sucks, man. God damn. Thanks for the question, Jake, by the way. <laughs> as, as <we're> sitting here <laughs> Not to end on a downer. <laughs> um, we're celebrating the life today. As, yes. Uh, as you said at the top. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I picked out some some Instagram posts that I saw of just different people talking about him. Um, I saw some 41 put something right away. They didn't say much. They just they just put a picture of him up. Um, but it's just nice to see see other bands you like talking about these things. Um, Shine Down had a post just talking about the impact one human could have on an entire community. And um, they said, just look at your timeline today. It's it's filled with Taylor Hawkins, how nice he was and how talented he was. Um, Weezer put up something, um, just talking about times they toured together. Um, Tom DeLonge put up something because I know Foo Fighters and Blink had a tour. I guess it was probably probably 90s, right? It was 2000s so. early. Right. Yeah, I, it was definitely, I was too young to be seeing Blink and Foo Fighters on tour, but... That would be a good time. Um, I can only imagine what that was like. Yeah. Yeah, just like crazy kids putting on crazy shows. <laughs> and then um, the last one I had was Travis Barker, who um, he talked about Taylor Hawkins would would um, watch him play in like these dive bars when he was just in and out of different punk bands. And he would always tell him, like, you're a star. Um, you're going places. And um Travis said, I thought you were crazy, but you gave me so much hope and determination. And it's just, it's beautiful to see these drummers sticking together and what they did for each other. And yeah, I know the community is going to, everyone just is going to miss him a ton. And I wish the best for Foo Fighters, whatever they decide. The best I, of Foo. <laughs> the best, the best, the best. <laughs> um yeah so um next week uh we got 
We got new pup, like we mentioned earlier. We got new chili peppers. Um, we have an interview for next week. I think we do. I think so. Depends which way you want to go, I think. Yeah. Um, we'll have an interview one way or another. Um, as always, um, send in your voicemails to genadmissionpod at gmail.com. And um, check the Instagram bio for, for links to things because we're updating this playlist every week. And it usually winds up being a pretty good playlist because we talk about bands we like. So obviously we like it, but um, <laughs> throw, throw it a, throw it a heart and uh, listen to some of the songs we've been talking about. Um, I'll update it every, every episode. Um, all right. As always, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Love you, Nick. Love you, Foo Fighters. Love you, Taylor Hawkins. Ditto. Peace.